he wouldn't go to a dentist doing it part-time, right? And on the other side, he's a soccer coach. And then he does, like, you wouldn't do that. If you go to a dentist, you want a freaking dentist that knows what they're doing, right? There's so many times that I can't remember all of them. <laughs> this is definitely not for everyone. It would be great to do what you do. I think if we go through our text messages, it came up a hundred times. We always said, in four weeks, we'll be fine. And I think we said that, I would say, a hundred times. Even when we're sleeping, I'm always thinking about business I just, and, I, and I love it, you know? I'm always thinking about it. where can we find the next deal, what can happen? That's, I think, the only difference in America to Europe is everybody says I'm out of town and that basically means they don't do shit. Like they don't answer their phone, they don't do anything, they they're, pretend like they don't even... Dark. They go darker. Yeah. They're like, literally like, the, the phone doesn't work where they go and then you find <laughs> out they literally drove to San Diego. You're like, dude, I was there, I had phone service. Like, Dude, and we're on the, on the plane, oh, international every, flight, day and night, everything. no excuse. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know what it takes to sell real estate? The art of putting the deal together. I'm not doing this for the money. I'm doing this because this is my calling. I believe in it. I love it. Try to master your craft and don't give up. Even if the money's not coming in, just trust the process. Because you're only as good as your team. I learned that the hard way. Half of it is talent. The other half of it is what your people skills are. Right, three, two, one, rolling. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Uh, this is going to be our most uh, special podcast yet. We actually forgot the guest today, so we figured we invite ourselves. Uh, so welcome to the show, Patrick. Well, thanks for and Max. Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. And, we and have, Alan. Uh, yeah. We have a, a guest appearance today from Alan. He's going to throw in some questions. So the reason we're doing this one today is because a lot of people said, you know, great content and everything we want to hear a little bit more from you guys so we figured that's an opportunity to do a more casual uh we're just gonna chat a little bit and um, talk a little bit more, more about like what we do and why we do what we do perfect and before we start uh alan you'll be proud don't forget to like subscribe comment uh apple podcast spotify youtube instagram All right, there you go. Okay, right. how do we get this started? Um, I think, uh, uh, and maybe, and maybe we d we do it in a in a format where I think that there's a lot of questions that um, that we get from others about each other, right? Um, so maybe I'll uh, I'll start away with the first question. I mean, everyone knows you love the um, development and uh, the design side of things. What do you enjoy? doing the most on that end? Um, I think the creative part. I mean, I, I guess obviously coming up, you know, you have a dirt lot, you come up with an idea of what you want to build, how you want to build it. You've seen a lot of inspirational videos, pictures, you walk other properties, right? Like if you walk, you know, some crazy houses and you see something you're like, that's amazing, we got to do something like this on the next one. So I think the, even though that's like the most work, I think that's the most interesting, most fun part. Um, And then once you actually go into construction, it changes and it becomes more of a, you know, you go every day and, and you know, to the common eye, nothing actually happens. It looks almost the same, but, you know, uh, you do see the difference. I go in there and I see if something's off, I see if something's missing, you know, double check, you know, sizes, openings, heights of stuff and everything. So that part, it becomes a little bit uh, repetitive because you do it over and over and over again. And it, again, the progress is very little, 
but but it's important to stay on it. So sometimes it's always like you know when you don't see someone for a while, all of a sudden they come back and they lost a lot of weight, and you know you see it instantly, but they almost don't recognize it. So to me on the projects, that's kind of how it is. I'm, I'm you know there 18 months every single day, so I sometimes don't even see the progress as much as other people do. But then to see the finished product that you you know kind of made up in your mind almost 18 months earlier. I think that's the fun part, and, and that in between the extra construction is just a necessary evil to get it done. And then maybe fun fact, uh, I mean, uh, not everyone knows that, but neither Patrick nor myself have any formal education in, in the real estate side, right? whether it's on the design, architectural side, um, the investment, the financing side. Both of us, we, we did uh, graduate. Um, we both have a degree from... Uh, um, college, right? So we have a business degree, both of us, but real estate, um, really no formal education. Everything was kind of uh, learning it on the fly. And um, prior to coming to the U.S., there was no no background or no involvement in that, that part of the business either. I mean, Patrick, do you enjoy more the product or do you enjoy more like the process of developing a property? Or I think it's the, the design part, like coming up with ideas and kind of, making you know still you guess like turned into reality right like it's always easy to you know we always joke about it like it's easy to do on a computer but then you actually have to build it in real life so i think that's um that's the the part that you have to get better at as you go because you come up with the most crazy ideas and then you find out how expensive or how difficult it is or sometimes even possible so i think um that part is fun but also like as we've grown with the projects and the projects get bigger and the budgets get bigger now you can do a lot of stuff that you know we weren't able to do in the past with like you know you see something like i want to do that right but you know it's going to cost 15 20 30 thousand dollars which in the beginning that was the budget we had for the whole project right? <laughs> yeah, and true. now we spend it on the drop down tv right and you're like yeah i want to drop it from the ceiling it's 15k okay let's do it right so th that's why i think the, the bigger and better the projects get i actually enjoyed more and more because it allows me to like be really creative and not be like held back by by a budget unfortunately and investors and, and and everyone involved in the process they understand that right we we go for um higher exits we try to um you know raise the bar ourselves and in the marketplace and uh, that obviously requires a budget um and requires you know more complexity all throughout it's not only on the construction side right um it ties into it ties into marketing it ties into to some degree, the sophistication of investors that we deal with, right? Because that's not a, you know, six months process start to finish. There's a lot more money at stake. There's a lot more money that can be made, but uh, it's not for everyone. Would I guess I would just ask Max, like, what goes into like finding the, like, what factors do you put into like this is the this is the right deal. This is what we should like pull into. This is what we should go for. Like, what what the what are the factors that go into that? Mm, I mean, I think the the main factors for us, Patrick, and I look at so many deals, and I and I feel like sometimes we don't realize how many deals come our way through different sources. I mean, we've gotten deals through Instagram, um, which in the beginning when we started to um, kind of uh, elevate our social media game, we were like, ah, you know, I don't know if that really works. It's a lot, lot of work, and yeah. but it actually, um, you know, wherever the deals come from, we look at a lot of deals on a regular basis. Um, we do have very good relationships in the marketplace. A lot of those deals, they they come off market, right? They sometimes also sold off market. Um, so um, f for us, the main main factors is we do have a deal manager. So we have a, 
tool that we developed over the last four years, which is pretty much a spreadsheet, but it's fairly sophisticated and it kind of boils down the deal metrics um, on two pages. Uh, that's pretty much where everything uh, starts for us. Um, but for the deal to come together, it's a lot of it is timing too. Right, you gotta time the availability of funds. You gotta obviously have a pulse on the market, which we do because we're in the market every day. At the same time, we don't have a crystal ball, right? And like I said, with a lot more, lot bigger deals, there's there's a lot more risk um, at stake. So yeah, we run the numbers to the deal manager, and then we see um, if the deal pencils on our end with a sensitivity analysis on the exit scenario, different financing strategies, and then. Timing has to be perfect for the money to be available and or be raised um, for us to do the deal. Talk about uh, how you raise this, because that's something you do a lot, right? Which is, I mean, I know you're on the phone a lot. Um, walk us through how you, you know, what are your conversations with investors? And, you know, obviously we know sometimes it takes a year or two of you talking to them until they're actually ready. So, you know, there's a lot of education on the market. Like, what do you guys talk about mostly when you, when you stay in touch with these uh, investors i think the investors obviously want to know how all the other projects are going right that that we have where um most of the investors by now are involved in one or more projects right so it's kind of a combination of we give them an update um on how the current projects are going how the marketplace is looking like um how the economy is doing especially the investors out of the country, right, or from, from back home in Germany, not everyone has such a pulse on, on the economy as well. And that that is um, on one level, on a, on a macroeconomic level, right, what's going on in the U.S. economy, but more so what's going on in Arizona. And that's not only um, real estate related only, because there's a lot of things that obviously tie into that. Um, interest rate environment, um, availability of funds, um, and I'm talking about debt funds here, right? What's the situation with banks, financing, soft money, um, et cetera. So um, it's a, a lot of, a lot is about update in the market. Um, but I mean, a lot of those guys that we have good relationships with, they, they want to know how we're doing, how we're feeling about it, because they trust us at the end of the day over certain, it takes some time to build that relationship. And even if they don't invest with us, they say, Oh, you know, you remember you offered us that deal a year ago. How's that deal going, right? How's that deal going that we didn't do? Not because we didn't wanted to do it necessarily, but we wanted to sit that one out or see how that's going, right? So over the time, and, and, it, and it does take a lot of time, but um, I think we have such a good group of guys now and such a strong referral network. Like I enjoy these conversations, you know, and sometimes sometimes they also have nothing to do with real estate, right? Um, and it's and it's and it's mostly for the most part very casual and um, yeah I just I enjoy that part a lot because those guys are, are great and help us to step up our level too right I mean I would ask like like you said like a lot of these they they become friends at some point right like what do you do to like develop where it's like you either call them text them take them out to dinner like, what what do you do to keep a strong relationship with these investors that are not invested right now but potentially down the line they might be yeah what's interesting is i think that uh, most people work with uh, crm systems and um, patrick and i have you know we worked in startup uh, companies uh, pretty much uh, uh, a lot of different companies where we used um, you know software supported uh, contact management systems and um, but as we kind of transition into our own business 
we really only use our phones. Um, and, and we're both very good at, at keeping up with those relationships. And it can be, you know, on the client side, by now we've sold some, some homes here and we pretty much are in our bubble, which is mostly Paradise Valley. And if I drive by a home or I s see certain thing that reminds me, and it could be the most random thing, it could remind me of an investor that was here and we drove by the house and last time he asked me about it, like next thing you know, I call him, right? So, you know, it's a very organic um, process on our end, on my end. Um, and again, it comes with uh, enjoying it, but also genuinely caring about the relationships, right? Sometimes it's, it, it doesn't only have to be a business, business conversation. I remember I talked to one of our clients last week because she told us that um, her dad has been um, hospitalized. And uh, the last, I think, three phone conversations had nothing to do with real estate because I was thinking about them driving by their house And I was thinking about the situation her her dad was in, right? Um, but that is not something that comes from a, like a calculated place of, oh, I gotta do something to stay in touch with that person. That's just how we operate, right? Um, because we do do generally care about the relationships that we have on all levels, right? Business or non-business, and then some some people you 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 get closer with, uh, some you don't. But we, you know. Overall, I would say we have we have great relationships. I guess, like, what like tips would you give to like a young person that's in real estate right now that is trying to, you know, like build relationships, but like doesn't know like they know of course how to talk to people, but like what would you tell them to like uh, these are like three or four things that I would hone in on to, you know. I think consistency is the number one word, right? I think we we talk about it so many times since since we got here from day one. We started being in real estate. We've focus on that that's what we do you know 12 hours a day and everybody knows that right you got to yeah. let people know what you, you do establish that you know like everybody thinks of you in a certain way and i think what we see a lot what we've seen a lot over the last few years is that there's some like really good people that you think they're going to do really well but right before you kind of get over the hump they kind of go to a different direction because somebody else offers them a little bit more money or a little bit more freedom or a little bit more this or that And it's really like, I mean, there's so many like, you know, memes these days out there are like, you know, inspirational pictures of the guy that's trying to dig for the gold and, you know, right before he gets, he turns around. But, but this is probably the most true, like inspirational, motivational thing that's out there. Like it's, everybody thinks it's like going to go faster than it actually does. And then they go somewhere else. We always call it shiny object, right? Something else distracts them. So they go towards that direction. And then even if they come back six or 12 months later, they, they lost, not just the six or 12 months, but all the momentum they built up before that, right? And and what it does is, is like Max, there's some people that we talk to for four or five years and we've never done anything with them. But but now they do because we never left, right? It's, if, if you're in between go somewhere else for a year or two and you don't talk to them about real estate, they're not really going to think you're in it for the long run or you're not 100% committed to it, which is, you know, again, those are like huge assets. There's a lot of money involved, so you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't go to a dentist doing it part-time, right? And on the other side, he's a soccer coach. And on this, like, you wouldn't do that. If you go to a dentist, you want a freaking dentist that knows what they're doing, right? And do it full-time. And that's all they do. And for a lot, I think that's the biggest thing because real estate can be somewhat easy from the outside. So they do a deal or two and then it dries up and they can just go somewhere else. And I think that's the biggest number one thing that we've done is no matter how difficult it got, especially the first two or three years, they were like, literally times where it's like, you know, you're down to the last hundred bucks on the account and you're like, okay, we got to get to the next first of the months or whatever. Like 
it's we've been there and we didn't have the opportunity to go to a family or a friend or anybody because when we came here seven years ago we had no friends no family no nobody here and no financial support from anywhere so it wasn't like we could just be like hey alan can you give me like a hundred bucks you know i gotta buy food tonight right we never had that opportunity like nobody would give us the money because why so we had to create the opportunity we had to create the money so we said okay like the only way to make money is if we do a wholesale deal so you know max so on the phone eight hours a day trying to call people you want to sell like you know we're just door knocking we're doing everything to to find a deal and you know, make three four grand and that would just you know fill the hole for the next month or so so i think that's the one thing like even though when it got hard we had no other option so we we had to create the opportunity at that point in time and we did and and that's kind of what kept us going and i think you know and then at some point you kind of get past the point but we we just didn't have an option we see it a lot where people we work with they they almost they're like yeah i would i would do something with you guys but how much would you pay me right like they, they want to get paid to be part of a project and we're like yeah. well you, you being involved in it learning it that's like we should actually charge you right like if you go to college you pay you're not getting paid so i think that's the biggest biggest misconception that people think they should should you know they all somebody's always going to pay for their stuff instead of you have to just power through and figure it out yourself and and create what you need to create and not rely on anybody else and and to a good extent i think that there's a lot of people that have some sort of entitlement right whether it's the way they grew up or for whatever other reason right um neither patrick or myself uh um, had that um which which i think kind of that's the that's the background of this that's the fuel that adds it to the fire right so when you have no option I mean, what are you gonna do? Just gonna like fly back home, and then you know, a good portion of our friends or people that knew us, you were gonna say, "Ah, oh, yeah, I know. We we knew it. We knew you guys were gonna come back, right?" So um, when that just becomes not an option at all, it's just a different, it's just a different drive. And also, what's funny is, as you figure things out, or as you don't, you don't have money. You have to fill the hole. You have to make a deal happen but you consistently put in the work, then stuff happens, you know? Even though you don't really know what you're doing, which for a good portion of that time, we really didn't. But we're always on it, right? We're always putting in the work, trying out different things, and then clutch a lot of times, right? Uh, things things happen and, and, and deals, deals kind of came together. But back to what Patrick said, um, I think especially as we kind of transition more and more into the higher price point and the in the on the luxury real estate side i mean the, you've seen uh if you've gotten to know a couple of our clients you hear a lot of our conversations i mean you gotta be on it okay you gotta know your stuff it's 24 7 that's the expectation but that's also how we pitch right because we we don't have the rolodex of you know growing up here and being in all these kind of networks um you know where, where other agents have that so our only our pitch is we're we're 24 7 and and nobody is going to outwork us at the same time we know what we know we know what we don't know but we have the resources to make everything happen but that came over time right so we had to work our way through you know lenders appraisers banks um, inspectors, contractors, designers. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. But now we have 
that kind of circle and established partners that that help us do what we do best. But it's never just only us, right? But we also know our boundaries as far as things that we know and we don't know. And I think that's maybe another thing is I think you can get trapped pretty quickly if you act like you know everything. I mean, there's a there's an art to being able to wing certain situations and that's fine. But, you know, the more sophisticated the clients, um, the more they're going to expect from you. And um, there's, n there's no problem not knowing anything. And that should actually motivate you to try to get to know it or find the person and connect with that resource to provide the information. And the better you get at that, the more value you provide to your client, right? And they appreciate that a lot. Oh, wow, this is your lender. This is your appraiser. This is your partner. This is your contractor, right? Now you have a team. And that makes all the difference, at least for our clients and for for the business that Patrick and I built. I mean, I would just ask, like, take us back to the, maybe like the first three or four years. Like, like were there any, like, quote-unquote, like, breaking points i know you guys pushed through but like what were like some times you can describe like times when i was like this deal if we don't get it done we're like we're, we're screwed like is it times like that the first couple maybe four or five years or two years what, what it might be was times like that yeah i mean obviously many times i mean there's uh there's so many times that i can't remember <laughs> all of them <laughs> yeah and i mean we I, I still have you know we have pictures on the phone if i go on like uh, the google like area you know and, and you look at where i've very first, I mean, obviously, the beginning, we used the community center, the uh, apartment complex that Valley was living at to, like, work from. And then we rented our first office, which was about probably 400 square feet. I mean, you know, and there was four or five of us in there trying to work. But the thing is, it, I think it, it, there's times where we literally did a breakdown. We're like, okay, we have about 20 days left and we're out of business, right? And out of business also meant we're done because because – uh, there was again there was no money to go back to like it's not like we could call our parents or friends or anybody like it was it was us and we had to figure it out right uh, we, huge thing is we always had you know each other obviously right that helps a lot but you know we, it also meant if he doesn't have money i don't have money it's, worse, <laughs> right? like, it's not like i can ask him for money no it was the same <laughs> bank account that, you know more or less so I, cash think, or <laughs> oh, I mean yeah there was many i mean we did you know when we did door knocking everything to get the first deals and you know you know isaac i mean we love isaac he's like pretty much did you know one of the day ones and we'll have you know, him we'll do we'll do the we'll next do podcast, podcast with, with isaac yeah, but, yeah, that'd be cool you story. know but he's like he came down from prescott you know slept in his truck and you know overnight to work today and like he was in that boat with us and you know there were times like you know we're trying to pay him a 100 bucks finders fee or something for something and and we literally had to like be like don't cash it right now because we don't have 100 bucks in the account right now like you know that deal closes next week and then so we're like literally at that point a couple times right so um, it was very close, um, but again, there was no option. Like we didn't ever accept that you know we actually would not continue. And I think the other thing again, what was important is we also never went a different direction, right? There's a lot of people that are like, oh, you can just you know whatever. Well, you can give golf lessons, right? I'm like, no. Like if I start doing that, I mean, I think I gave one or two golf lessons, right? I think you can actually to. To Somebody is actually now buying a house with us. <laughs> Our client worked well. out. <laughs> worked out five, six years, seven years later. But to your point, like you know, it, it, that was like that would have been a you know go back to right. I could just give golf lessons, charge one hundred twenty bucks an hour, and 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 do a couple of those. But it would take away from what we were trying to do, and I think that would have been the 
the easy way out to just pay the next bill. But but I think the fact that we didn't go for it and we figured out and we again we just find another deal, we found it, we assigned it, we made some money. That I think that's that's what why we have that big like compound effect now that, that all these deals over the years, connections, everything kind of built up to where where we are now that we have, you know, uh, standing business and, and relationships like Max said in all different areas that now it's almost the opposite. Like you, we call it out of the blue, right? Like all of a sudden you look at your phone and somebody's like, hey, I have a friend that's, you know, looking at this house. Can you meet him there? He wants to write it. Like all of a sudden you, you get like easy deals, right? You're like, oh, that's, you know, that's completely new. Yeah. But I think that's all due to the fact that we never deviated from the, the path that we took day one saying we're going to do real estate and we're going to go big and we're going to get it done and, and the work ethic never changed too right i mean that we've uh, i think that's something that we i think there's a lot of things that you can learn or educate yourself on but there's some things you either like have or you don't have right and i think um uh, drive is one of them but just wanted to add to what patrick said for full disclaimer i think that this is definitely not for everyone Right? And I think it's. I think a lot of people say, "Oh, it would be great to do what you do," but to go through what we have been through, it's like hard to put a percentage on that. But I don't. I don't think it even gets to one percent because it's. It was quite the grind, right? Um, but being in a position, you either thrive out of that, right, at some point, or you go under. So. Um, and then as you as you overcome one or two, three situations and start to get better and better, it's almost like, it's not like we're looking to be back in that very first situation again, but there's a, there's a motivation to somehow always feel a little bit with back against the wall, right? Yeah. So the um, famous, the famous, and I think if we go through our text messages, it came up a hundred times. Uh, we always said in four weeks we'll be fine, <laughs> and I think we said that I would say a hundred times, and it's always like you know again like you're going almost towards zero, and you're like, yeah, but we have this one closing another month, and then we have this one doing that, you know. So we kind of started to have like a little bit of a pipeline that we knew stuff would come in, yeah. But it would still be like okay, but we still got to, you know, we still need new tires on your car this week and, you know, I don't have 1200 bucks that we can just, like, that was the first two years, almost three years of it. Like, it was really, like, always, you know, close to zero and, but also because we put 100% almost back into the business. So, if we did make 10 grand, you know, we took out two and eight went back into, into, you know, equipment, into, like, learning stuff online, into new software, into, like everything you need to do, we never bought leads, but it was always to grow the business. We would, you know, hire some advisors on this. We would, you know, get like we just always spend a lot of time and money on educating ourselves and building our network and being in the right places. We had a, a lot of people that made fun of us because we would, you know, went to a real estate conference and we met a few people. And we said we're just going to take them to dinner. We don't know, maybe it's going to work out or not. And they're like, oh, are you going to spend five hundred bucks on the dinner? We're like got to try it right like you know like that that was to us investing in the business because yeah like 18 out of 20 nothing happens from that but two out of 20 like something happens and you know that pays for all the dinners and some and so i think that's the one thing we always were very open to like you got to spend money to make money and and just investing it in, in education 
and relationship networks and, and that kind of stuff. I mean, I would just ask, like, how do you guys keep the hunger? Because I, I was thinking of, like, what he's talking about right now is, like, I think of uh, Conor McGregor. Like, he had such a hunger for the first part of his career, then he took some losses, then kind of fell off. But now, uh, now I think he's back. He has a hunger again. That's what I'm kind of hearing. Like, you guys, so I still kind of want to feel that backing and so well, the hunger. Like, how do you guys keep the hunger to, you know, like, you you have all these things now. You've established yourself. Like, how do you keep that hunger going? I think it changed a little bit from back against the wall to now you start walking towards something, right? So we're like kind of getting away from the wall a little bit. Um, however, because we still invest so much into the business, like, you know, it's still that, you know, we put it into new deals. We put it into to other, you know, multifamily, Amazon store, uh, racehorses. I mean, we invest the money in other business ventures to to keep growing, you know, our, our business and everything. So that part is, is, is still the same. But I think... For me, and I think it's the same for you. But I, I kind of know because we text about it all the time. Is is we you start seeing stuff around you that you know clients. You see what cars they drive, what boat they have, what house they live in, what watch they wear. Like you get you get exposed to a totally different level of life. Um, that it starts to become you know like it. it it's almost like not realistic. But the more time you spend around it, you're like it's actually normal. I mean, there's not just one guy that that you know has a, a big boat, or there's not just one guy that owns five houses. There's so many of them. Every other client now that we have, they own multiple houses and multiple cars and this and that. And it's almost like you, you come to the point where you're like, why do I only have one house? Like, what are we doing wrong? Right? Like, <laughs> your your mindset totally changes. And I think that's you know what they always say: like you become what you know the five people. Um, that you hang out the most with around you do, I think that's very true. And I think for us, it comes from the work side where we just, we're just exposed to all these things, you know, or even if we go on a vacation to Florida, we end up looking at a bunch of houses, meeting other agents. And then again, you're like, this is like a whole nother level of crazy. Like, you know, these people buy a vacation condo for $20 million. And, you know, I just looked it up back in our hometown, the most expensive property in the whole market is 6.6 .6 million. And that's a 1.2 million, you know, there's 1.2 million people in that city. So it's not a tiny city. It's like Tucson, right? It's bigger than Tucson. Um, but it's just like, it. it's, you know, and, and we have multiple listings now that are above 10 million. So I think you just get into different circles. It's like almost like a spiral, you know, like a, like a, a certain effect that it has. Like you, you get to like level up by default and, and and that's, I think, the drive you, you get because you think, oh, once I reach this, I'm fine. But by the time you reach this, you already saw so many other things. You're like, I'm not fine. Like, there's a long way to go. And it's it's that in combination with uh, kind of like a um, a validation or like a an assurance on the client side too because uh, there's, there's one uh, client of ours that was just uh, on a Europe trip um, that was just an example from this morning. He's a he's a very passionate car guy, um, just like Patrick and I. He's probably in his early fifties. Uh, definitely doesn't have to work anymore because he enjoys uh, traveling more than anything. And um, he shared with us some pictures. He's driving through all these countries in Europe and having a great time. And I said, uh, you know, that that was an amazing trip. I mean, you I saw everything. He has a private Instagram. He sent us some pictures, and I said. You know, I would I would love to do a trip like that one day, right? Love to go with Patrick and just I mean, they literally just 
I mean, they had the best exotic cars they stayed in, the best hotels, restaurants, just had, had an amazing time. Um, and I said, uh, yeah, when I grow up, I want to be you. And he's like, uh, sooner sooner than you know, you'll be you'll be there, and I know you'll get there, right? So these little text messages that seem like not mean a lot, but in a conversation like that, that's the first most recent thing I think about, right? And I think when we talk to our clients or investors, they, you know, that they're that enjoy working with us and and see how we perform for them, they say, you know, uh, we know we know you'll get there, right? Um, and I think the more results we produce, just like the closing last week, right? Sold a house three times by now, and I remember where I was like, oh, imagine one day we'll sell something over five million, over ten million. And now, like selling one house three times and breaking a record, that's kind of when when things started to kick in for me a little bit. I'm like, okay, good. I think we can. Uh, I think we can make it. We can we can make it. And they, you know, they they help build your your confidence, obviously, because nobody can argue a result, right? I mean, performance speaks for itself. Uh, but when when you're actually a little bit more conscious about reflecting about these things, you're like, okay, now we're we're not stopping, right? Because you asked about the hunger. You think we're gonna stop after you're like that or take like a vacation? We just we just don't stop. And I think as we as we climb up, we know that there's nothing we can't reach, right? I can't pinpoint it down, but it was probably a few months back where I was like, you know, there's there's nothing we can't do after grinding so hard through so many like you know back against the wall back in the wall right back through the wall situations um and um you just know that you're like at some point unstoppable and it's a it's a pretty powerful powerful feeling but it only it only translates into results if you keep putting in the work right it's just a like patrick said it's a consistent i mean we're even when we're sleeping, I mean, there's just like we're always. I'm I'm always thinking about business. I just and I and I love it. You know, I'm always thinking about it. Where can we find the next deal? What can happen? Or how can I send a text message to Patrick tomorrow and say OTB, which is out of the blue, with something right? And out of the blues, three years ago was like, hey, out of the blue, we made five hundred dollars. <laughs> now, out of the blue, opportunities can be up in the hundreds of thousand dollars real quick. Um, they can also turn into zero real quick right yeah, but the question years. is how many opportunities can you consistently again generate and then just by default not everything's gonna work right but you put in the work you generate the opportunities and at some point when they mature a little bit more into something more tangible then the question is how good can you close right which i also know patrick and i if if, if we can close the deal I don't. I, I can't really think about anyone else who could. So, but that comes with experience, right? Yeah. I mean, because I, I get texts from you like at three or four o'clock in the morning. And what? You, you guys are always like, like, like four o'clock, four thirty. Excuse me. So I'm like, I'm definitely not up at that point. <laughs> Max is for sure. He's working out, but I'm like, so is it like, is that hard work ethic? Is that something you guys developed as you were growing up? Parents instilled in you? Is like just grind it because this is the only option this is plan a and nothing else is, 
or else, or else fails or what? We had a pretty good work ethic back in Germany. I mean, I remember when we when we worked for other companies. At least, I mean, I I know that was Patrick's uh, case too. But for me, for sure, I know that you know sometimes people thought you know is they like own the company or what's going on? Like, because that was just it's just something that was always in us. It's gotten a little bit more. Um, I think it it elevated to a new level when we got to the US for sure. Yeah. I think again, I think it's what you get exposed to, right? What we saw here that other people do and have and and how normal it seems to them where you just you know, I think it's just a different mindset here, you know, like if you work hard, you get somewhere, right? The, the whole like American dream it actually does exist and and all you really have to do is work. I mean, there's no again, we had no nothing handed to us, no inside job and nothing like it was just work harder than everybody else and stay focused and stay consistent, educate yourself, you know, a lot of stuff we had to do for free just to like, you know, oh, yeah. build relationships or, or get into the door somewhere. Um, but but it does pay off. And I think that's different in in most of the other countries. I mean, I traveled to 35 countries in my life already and obviously living in Germany for a long time, it's, it's, it's a great country and everything, but there's always a lid to it somehow, right? Like there's, so it's a different mindset, a different way everything works to where you, most people just don't even think on the scale that they think here in the U.S. And I think that's, that's to us, you know, when you, wherever you go, you're like, is that normal, right? You almost question it for the first few times and then you're like, yeah, it's normal. Like people spend a thousand dollars on the son's ticket and they go actually seven times a year. And, you know, in Germany, it's like, oh, should we spend $80 to go to a soccer game? You're like, no, no, let's just do it. Like, it's different, right? Like, the, the mindset here on how people make and spend money at a certain level, um, I don't think exists anywhere else to that extent. And I think that's what we, what opened, the, you know, our eyes and, and everything. And, and, and like Max said, once you start being successful in some ways, it's an addiction, right? It's like the same with gym, everything. Once you get over a certain point and you see results, it's it almost becomes easy to keep going because it's getting rewarding and you're like crazy. Like, you know, the one that we just closed last week and you're like, that's, you know, it's in one way it's insane, but also it's like, all right, we already have the next record. It's already on a contract. It's going to close and it's going to actually blow this one out of the water. And so you're always going for the next already. So I think, I think it's uh we just got a different mindset once we got here and once we got through the first two or three years on and, and kind of see where everybody else is and that it's actually really doable as long as you work. I mean, how did you guys even know how to start a brokerage? Like, like what's, like what's like steps that you would take? Like, of course you would like you educate yourself, like what steps that, that, that you didn't know or stuff? Well, we, our first deal was a little townhouse here right down by our office building. Yeah. Learning um, by doing, pretty much. Learning by doing. Yeah, much. learning, learning by doing. But we didn't have, we didn't, we bought into the brokerage, um, which that was uh, January twenty seventeen. Um, but we didn't. At that point, the brokerage was a property management company, right? I mean, there was, you know, the designated broker, and then um, our partner Steve was licensed. But as far as transaction volume, I mean, I don't know, three, four million a year. You know, one of you know, a couple of properties that we had under management that were like, I think, 54, 60 total at the time. You know, every now and then somebody sells or buys something, right? 
but those are properties that you know range from 1500 to you know the high end and maybe like $8000 a month in rent so the volume was not really big um so it was more a property management company but under the umbrella of a brokerage and we bought in because it had the residual component of the uh, management fees that we were collecting from the clients but um we wanted to use that as a vehicle for us to be licensed ourselves, not having to depend solely on other agents, um, which, again, leading to what we talked before, the network, the know-how, the team. I mean, we, we really make a conscious effort to have a great relationship with all the agents here in town because uh, they're a key of doing business. There's usually two agents, right, on, on as part of a transaction. You know, to have a good, good reputation goes a long way. Um, but, yeah, the brokerage was then something that grew organically just like everything else and then we had some people that say hey, maybe we want to join you and we we're patrick like hey, join us i mean <laughs> i don't know what do we what do we really offer right um but um i think what we do offer and now more than more than ever is an environment that is you know in a very healthy good environment where a lot of um, where we have high performers uh, we produce results and we're just we just don't step off the gas, right? And I think that there's something to be said about uh, the value you provide simply by just just operating on another level, right? And, it's just, and I'm, I, I don't necessarily mean financially on another level. What I mean is the consistent drive um, and work that you that you put into it, right? Um, and, uh, you know, now we're in the summertime here, you know, most... A lot of people are um, in in their cabins or or, or traveling to Europe Cabo. and Cabo <laughs> and um, you know Patrick spent a few days in Sedona. I'm going to Chicago for two or three days, but other than that, we're we're grinding through the summer. You know my well. The other thing is, uh, I think you got to also put in perspective. For example, like when we do, I still think the amount of hours we put in. Like uh, yeah, I I went Thursday from noon, Quebec Saturday at noon. I was back at work at 12.30 on Saturday. I worked Sunday. So even though we like leave for two days, I think the amount of hours the whole seven days still blew out of the water everybody. Like, that's the whole difference. I think, you know, that's, that's I think, the only difference in America to Europe is here everybody says I'm out of town, and that basically means they don't do shit. Like, they don't answer their phone. They don't do anything. They they're pretend like they don't even... Dark. They go darker. Yeah. They're, like, literally, like, the, the phone doesn't work where they go, and then you find <laughs> out they literally drove to San Diego. You're like, dude... I was there. I had phone service. Like, dude, and we're on on the plane, oh, international every, flight, day and night. Everything. No excuse. That's what I'm saying. I think I think even if we do go somewhere, right? Because the last I think year and a half, we've been trying to do that a little bit more, like go to Florida, do this or that. But but it doesn't stop how much we work. If anything, I think we almost work more because if we take four days off, which we still work half the day, we come back, you almost feel bad, and you end up working the Saturday, Sunday. You know, tonight, I mean, it's, it's you know, 3.30. We have a session for tonight from 5 to 10. We'll be here five hours tonight. Just business planning, business development, coming up with more ways and ideas of how we can grow the business more, um, you know, financial planning. I mean, everything. Like, it, it's just, I think the amount of time we put in, regardless of what it may seem like, I think it's still above and beyond what's most most people do i think but with that there's also goals right i mean i would like next next year in the summer i would love to be able to just you know spend like 
three weeks in Europe. Mallorca, Ibiza, do the whole thing just like everybody else. But at the same time, knowing we we have a solid business. And again, I, I we Patrick and I close deals literally everywhere. Shaw, golf course, plane, <laughs> car. I mean, there's there's not a single place I can think of where we where we haven't haven't closed the deal, made a phone call, stepped out of middle of the night or the club. It's just for us. It's just it's part of it. Well, because your phone's always with you, so you yeah, you just have to answer it. Yeah, technically pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I would just ask, like, how how do you guys go about like building your team? Of course, people want to join, see your see your all your success, but do you guys choose like okay, this? person is going to bring value to our company or bring value to us overall like how do you guys go about i think we have a we have we usually have a good uh, good intuition when it comes to um people we're a lot more sensitive right because we're not by no means trying to um grow a gigantic brokerage or trying to um have businesses that um that have a lot of like personnel attached to it yeah. we like to keep it uh, like to keep a small circle on all levels, right? Um, that is very important to us. So we're not really out there seeking for, um, you know, new agents or or anyone really to to join us, right? I think the setup that we have is very good. Um, I mean, you made a big difference when you joined us. There's a couple of big things in the work there, and we're gearing up, which is great. I mean, I think that a year ago. Thinking about us doing our own podcast was still a little uh, out of reach. And shout out to uh, uh, PK and Jason who made a big part um, on that end too. So, yeah, we. I mean, you got introduced through Jason, right? And first we thought, you know, let's just give it a shot. We need to do some things, but um, we didn't really know where this would lead to. Sometimes you just got to give things a shot we knew we had to improve um on that aspect um and then as we as we kind of grew that part um you not only played a significant role but we wanted to give you the the reins to pretty much take this on and and show us if you're if you if you're one of us you know well the other thing is again that goes back into investing right like i mean when we started i mean you start pretty much january right like beginning of the year give or take yeah. right so I think it's to like for us to make decision to say, okay, we're gonna bring you on full time, and I don't even know how much we spend on all the equipment by now, right? Like that was a pretty big investment for something we had no idea what would come out of it. I mean, you know, like I, mean, I always joke about it, worst case, at least you know our wife and girlfriend gonna watch it, and and you know, like <laughs> at least you're gonna have two viewers, right? Um, <laughs> But I think it's it's just something again you just got to do right and and we're willing to spend the money and the time on it. I mean, you know, I mean, between the time we spend on doing the extra podcast preparation, we have our weekly meetings and we go to properties, property tours. Like, there's a significant time and money investment with no guaranteed outcome, right? You just so and then you got to go all in and again consistency. We've been doing this for six months, and it's not like it's you know blown up overnight and you know there's thousands of viewers on every episode or whatever. It's like some stuff we always say pops, right? All of a sudden you get 20,000 views on something and then others, like, but it's again, the consistency. If we're going to keep doing this another six months, it's going to be a lot better than it is now. And then two years from now, we're going to look back and say, you remember when, you know, we did the first episodes and there were like five people watching it. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's, 
you know, you got to be realistic about yeah. where you start and where you get to. But again, the time and the money that, you know, we, we all have to put in, it's a, it's a risk. And that's what kind of kept us close to zero and back against the wall for a long time because we always jumped into the next big thing a little too early, which kind of like made it very hard for us for a while. But then the compound effect when that kicked in, something else, like that's what now makes it look like everything all of a sudden is working so well and so quickly. But it's not really that. It's just, it's, you know, there's a, a certain lack to everything you do. And it's and it's almost like consciously st um, jumping into the next step a little too early, right? Because knowing you have that, you know, that effect that if you just keep putting in the work, now it's going to compound, right? So um, I guess that's part of our, our business model. Not, not sure if that's something that uh, we would publicly... Uh, recommend uh, or put in any business plan but uh, well as always you always say but there's two options right one you can reward yourself after something's done or we sometimes tend to do something for us too soon kind of like but then it's like now we got to work for it right like we buy something we're like shouldn't be buying this right now but but then you're like okay now i gotta work really hard to justify it to make right? it worth yeah so because i think again that's what max said i wouldn't recommend it to everybody unless you have that attitude that you know you're actually going to make it work and you're going to justify, you're going to be able to afford it looking back type thing. The other thing is for us, it always like also motivates us, right? Because again, that's kind of what you see, what's around you. You see everything and you're like, I kind of want that. So if you jump in a little bit too early, now you, you're hooked to it. You want to make sure you can maintain that. So you work towards that becoming your new standard, right? And as you just reach that, we already go up to the next level. We're like, kind of stupid again but you know that's just how we've been doing it and i think it works for us um you know we'd like to reward ourselves just before actually and it's and it's not only in and the i think the rewarding component of that is also an over and over and over again having to earn the reward right um i think you i explained you when i got the my new car yeah. that I want to feel since this is it's been a childhood dream of mine. Like I want to know that I earned this car over and over again. I'm pretty sure I earned it already. I feel good about it, but I, you know, I don't drive it every day. Right. I, 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 I walk past it cause I got to go to my other car. And, um, and every time I walk past it, I a, have a lot of appreciation for it, but B, my head spins, I almost say spins a little bit faster now because I'm thinking, what do I have to do this week to drive it? And when I mean drive it, drive it around the block or drive it to, to dinner with my girlfriend, you know, like to have something where you feel like you need to earn it over and over again. And it's not a one time, oh, I rewarded myself and now I earned it. And maybe it's because this car is something special. Um, but the reason I'm sharing that is because it seems to be something, you know, on the surface that is materialistic, right? Because it's a car in this case. But if you actually dig deeper on everything um, that's in the reward, reward department, right? Watches or uh, anything else that we do, dinners, there's, there's always a deeper... Um, 
a deeper meaning and and connection also in that case something very very sustainable it's what the watch is the same thing you know i just like it's like a real life vision board almost yeah it is like you know other people put it on their screensaver and we put it in the garage you walk by it you see it but but it makes oh, you work harder i do remember now okay i may have something for you max i now i remember well that makes sense that was like months ago oh wow i didn't i totally forgot about that yeah your car yeah yeah so so yeah i think that that's it's it's important to have that patrick and i actually never had a vision board and i'm not saying anything against that but i just i I think probably because patrick i was like a little bit too lazy to like print out cars and cut them out and glue them we're like this thing's got a shopping list on our phone oh no we have a shopping list a shared photo album on our phone that's everything we want at some point you know shoes sneakers whatever the case may be i mean stupid stuff but you know, again, same thing. Like, it's it's not like we couldn't buy that sneaker right now, but it's like, let's put it in there and, you know, it, one day it's going to feel right and you buy it. Like, it's, uh, but I think it's more what you get used to. And, and I don't think it's, it's like Max, it's not necessarily a materialistic thing. I think the other thing is it's not to like show it or anything, right? Like, like I mean, you do all social media and you never see our car on there or anything. Like, we don't put any of that, you know, lifestyle where yeah. it's like showing, trying to show everything they have. We try to not do that in a way. And honestly, I think the more successful you get, at least for me, the more you almost pull back, right? right. Like at some point, I must like to turn off social media and be like, just leave me alone and, you know, I got my stuff and nobody needs to know what I got. Like, it's almost like, uh, you know, there's another, like, you know, picture that always like, you know, I work to disappear type thing, right? Like Max said, like at some point, be nice to just, you know, go to Europe for four weeks, do your thing. Like stuff where you're not doing it for the attention or for whatever you do it for yourself. There's a certain thing you, you have to still do it right now in the public eye almost because it's part of your business, right? If you don't show you're successful to a certain level, then you not get taken as serious maybe, right? Like some of the higher end clients, like they want to know that you drive the same kind of cars, the same watch that you, you know, you, when you go to a sun's game, right. they want to run into you on the suite level not you know in the upper like you're not going to run into any of your clients so does that make a big difference as far as when you get clients like you guys drive car has everyone watch does that make a I mean, I not a big difference but that does that plays a plays a part right i think it does yeah I think and it's I common th- common uh, conversation topics too right yeah. i mean funny that you mentioned the watch i'm not going to say which client it was but i got a phone call just because before we started a good client of ours um actually one of our best clients he said listen hey I know you and Patrick introduced me to your um, connection um, at at Rolex, right? Um, is there any chance you can see if if you know there's two models in particular? <laughs> like, and now we're back talking to watches. That's you know how I said like sometimes these phone calls have nothing to do with real estate, but you know it's golf, it's watches, it's traveling, it's 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 obviously at at some point part of our identity, and not because we try to use that to generate business or it's just at some point what we what we graduate into right um and that's that's the level where you know clients just <laughs> call you all of the blue and ask you about the two two rolex models you know and and it's the same thing with cars you know i mean very very wealthy people whether they short or not you know traveling watches cars golf sports you know those are the those are the things outside of the business component that kind of 
you know, form common grounds for you to communicate. So I guess I guess it's kind of it's kind of normal, you know. Yeah, like outside of real estate, of course, like you guys do other things. Like I know you guys have resources and like what is that something you just you want to add more that brings in more money, more you know, add to the real estate business? Like what, um, like car rental business, like luxury cars, like what goes into you guys bringing on a new part into your business? I think, I mean, we try everything, like we said, we, we give everything a shot. I think, you know, to your point, yeah, we, the race, so th- I mean, we're not, it's not like we're like big time investors and stuff like this. It's more like we, we give it a shot, right? We have the luxury car rental where we have three cars, I think. Um, well, now it's two. I think we actually got rid of one. So we're like trying it out, you know, see if it works or not. We give it a year or two and then we either go in more or we pull out of this, you know, part. Same we did it with the Amazon store doing with other stuff it, it's just you could try different things to find stuff that works however i think just because like we said consistency that's what we've been doing the one thing we by now know almost shockingly well like i'm always surprised when we talk to people like how do you know all this and we're like i don't know that to us seems almost like it's very common sense yeah. but then you realize it's just because we spend so much time on educating ourselves like i mean still to this day every night we read stuff we watch youtube videos and not, you know, like whatever Mr. Beast or whatever everybody else watches. We like watch on, you know, how do you syndicate a deal? Like how do you underwrite this? How do you do that? Like we spend time on that. Like we want to get smarter and you can't know everything. Like Max says, you got to know what you know and what you don't know. So we 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 don't want to load up on a bunch of stuff that has nothing to do with what our core business is. We want to be 100% educated on one and thing and that's real estate. And I think that's, what we're trying to add the most to, right? Like we've gotten into multifamily beginning of the year, which we're going to have the video and then the podcast coming about it. And I think that's the first year we did where there's like a passive income component to it. And now every month there's going to be a check in the mailbox. There's a, there's a depreciation. That's a tax benefit. There's so many benefits to it. And again, it stays, it's staying in our lane, right? We're, we're going to be doing something we know, we understand, we know the cost of doing it. We know the comparison. We can underwrite the deal. We know the value of the properties and everything. So, I think there's a that's the number one business we're gonna always stay in. Um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna do maybe different things within real estate. Like I said, transitioning to more multifamily stuff. But I think primarily that's the business we're gonna be in. That's we're gonna be doing more of. Um, we like the development component. That's more an active income thing, right? Because you get paid at the end of the project. And trying to convert that into more multifamily, which doesn't mean, like, we're always open to it. Like, other people, like, we have uh, the Bitcoin miners now, right? We have a couple of those. It's, uh, two Forgot about those already. Yeah, like, two buddies from Max on the golf course brought that up. And, again, we're, like, you know, we're not writing giant checks, but we're, like, all right, let's try it and try it with, like, a reasonable amount. Like, there's no point in putting in five or ten grand. Like, it doesn't really do anything. Like, something that you can, if you lose it, it's not going to kill you type thing. Let's give it a shot, right? So we've done a bunch of stuff. Um, and, and that's kind of how we like trying to find one or two more options as, as in what we can do. But, but you know, got to be like somewhat open to everything, but also focus on real estate. And it's also inevitable, right? In the in the real estate space, whether it's the client profile or investor profiles, that's, you know, they, they have different businesses, they have different investments, uh, real estate and non-real estate related. So we're automatically... Um, involved in conversations and sometimes we you know we get included we get opportunities or 
our opinion is asked and that's how you consistently um, almost uh, generate these opportunities um, and, and some of them not now some of them later or we have two good friends of ours that are um, in the industrial space absolutely killing it uh, Kyle and Peyton gotta gotta have them on the podcast because they have impressive success story too but we always said we're gonna do we're gonna do something together and I know there's gonna be some investment opportunities which I think the timeline will work out for us uh, well for us to to actually um, make a financial commitment to to get involved into something that is in our space but not our niche right we have no clue about industrial real estate but those two guys um, clearly do so that's what I mean if you're you're surrounded by that and you have a strong inner circle these these things uh, come up and it's almost like they come up exponentially. That being said, if you have any good ideas, good businesses, <laughs> always bring it to us. We almost got into two restaurants uh, with a friend and client yeah. of ours. So we're always open. Like if somebody brings something to us, like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this or that, you know, and again, it might be something crazy where somebody's like, hey, I'm opening up a breakfast place, right? And we look at it, we're like, all right, we'll go in. And, you know, like we're always open to it, but it'll never change that that's going to be a side piece of what we do we're always going to focus and actively be in real estate everything we do outside is going to always be more like a all right we'll, we'll put some money with you but you run it and let's see how it goes like we're not gonna ever learn how to run a restaurant the industrial real estate side if we get into a deal knowing us we're going to start diving really deep into it and by the time the deal is done a year later too we're going to know a lot about it you know because that's again our core business not our niche, but it's it's very close to it, and we would want to understand it. And there's obviously a lot of like overlapping, right? So so it's probably pretty easy for us to dive into it. Um, and I think we're going to do it anyways at some point. So I mean, like, why why have you guys like dove into multifamily? Like, of course, there's a cash flowing aspect to it, but like, what is so like? What's the reason you guys have gone into multifamily and kind of go forward? There's so. there there are several reasons to it. One, you know, we wanted to have something on the, um, you know, passive income uh, bucket, uh, long term hold, asset and kind of a wealth builder component. That's not relying on us having to buy and sell all the time. Um, a lot of our investors are in the real estate space themselves, whether it's here or back in Europe. Um, and a lot of those guys are very successful with their portfolio assets, right? Um, so through that and understanding um, the tax components, which we were touching on, I think if we have one or two podcasts. We do one, right? One specifically touches on the um, tax benefits yeah, that we yeah, did with yeah. uh, Brenton and Bryson. Yeah. Um, so I guess those are the two factors. And we knew at some point... The luxury real estate space deals that you know now take around two years, right, start to finish, or even more in some occasions, yeah. um, and don't have a cash flow component would be a great strategy to kind of have a blended opportunity for anyone who wants to invest with us, right? A little bit more conservative, asset-based, long-term, patient money, cash flow component, and a development component with uh, a bigger pop after two years. So. That's one of the one of the reasons why we we had this we were talking about this for a while now, um, and we just had to find the right moment, and the right moment found us just as just like always, 
and we partnered up with um, with our friend and business partner Eddie, and we're excited to um, drive down there. What Wednesday? Wednesday. Uh, now we're pretty much done down there, um, and uh, to kind of give a little bit of insight on what we've done there, how we did it, and what the what the future plan is in that that kind of investment segment. I think it's probably a good spot to wrap it up. I mean, I think I, I'm just curious. Like, you've really gone to tennis, Max. Like, what's the, the like you can, you you're being very fulfilled in that space. Like, what's the enjoyment that br- it tennis brings you? I I I think I've always kind of enjoyed it. Never played it that much. Um, I I just I realized pretty quickly that that it was a a challenge that is technically non-business related funny enough i'm already making uh, good connections there that's like the already had some opportunities to pop up through the tennis network which again was never never anything that i you know had in the back of my head i was like i'm just gonna do this because it's fun but yeah i it was a, i see it as a challenge and you know i just like can't can't just like go play on a sunday with like 10 people and playing some games I need to like compete so I have this um, I'm at USTA right now USTA with ranking the whole thing so <laughs> I have a coach I mean I do it I do it just like well, we we always do it either you do it right or you just like don't do it right um, but I enjoy it and I think I got better pretty quick and uh, I have my tournament on the weekend in Flagstaff there we go yeah <laughs> So I'm out of town, but I'll be, I'll be still working. <laughs> like, is it like the like the discomfort, like you something you have to like it's a new skill that you're developing? Is it that aspect that kind of the thing is it's it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. I don't think this is easy at all. It's a very fast pace game. It's a great workout on top of it. I mean, you know, Patrick, and I, we track our workouts here with the Whoop. It's 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 amazing. Helps me achieve my my goals in the, in the health department and i just uh i just like to compete and win so that's good that's good i mean patrick i mean like how is uh becoming like a father like kind of change your perspective on business and like do you see like it you're just building uh, like a legacy for your for, for leo and all that stuff is kind of that kind of change over the last couple of years or um yeah i think i i mean it adds to why you do what you do obviously a lot right because now you want to be able to give everything, you know, to your family to never have to say no, right? If they say, hey, can we do this? Can I buy that? Um, to not ever have to say no, right? That's one thing. I mean, you don't want to spoil him, right? Like, it's not that it's like, oh, if he points everything, he's like, I want this toy and that toy. He's but not spoiled at all, and no, he's he's re- he really needs more toys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, I mean, he gets he gets a lot, but it's it's he also understands, right? Like, it's, it, and we you see, we see other kids, but if he, see something in the, in the grocery store and say, I want this. And I said, no, we can't have this right now. Like, you already got something yesterday. He's, he's going to say, okay, and puts it back. Like, he totally understands. Like, other kids lay on the floor, scream and everything, right? So it's a fine line between saying, yes, you can have it, and no, and how he reacts when I do say no. So I think, but but again, it's I think to me it's, to your point, yeah, you build something up. You want to you wanna make sure that, you know, he can go to college, that he can have a car when he's old enough to drive. And, preferably one that's safe and not like you know falls apart if you ever hit something or someone like you just want to be be there to provide like you you want to 
you know, for your wife and everything, you know, either God forbid something happens, you got to make sure that there's something there that everybody can fall back on, right? So I think it does change it a lot. Um, again, it changes priorities a little bit on some stuff. Um, but again, I mean, there's a, so many super successful people that are actually, you know, I mean, Musk, Bezos. I mean, there's so many people that have not just one or two, they have a bunch of kids. So it's, I think it's a total misconception. A lot of times people say, oh, once you have kids, you, you know, you can't work as much or you're not going to be as, I think it's almost the opposite. It gives you energy. It makes you want to do even better. Um, because also on the other side, you don't want to give up what you do, right? Like if I work so hard, I want to be able to buy myself something, but also buy something for, or provide something, right? Same if there's a, you know, any medical stuff, you want to be able to go to the best doctor and go to the one today and not where you have, like you want to be able to have 100% control of your life. And, and unfortunately, or fortunately, money's involved in that, you need that. Um, and, and so I think that's being a dad is you, you try to figure out how to make sure you provide for everything at all times. And it doesn't take away from living the fun life that you want to live as far as being able to buy the stuff that, you know, give you joy. You know. Can't ask me that question. Can't Either skip <laughs> or we'll wrap it up. <laughs> I mean, I, I, would just, I guess to finish <laughs> up, uh, I mean, I just have a personal question. Are you guys going courtside next season? We're trying. We're trying. It's a it's Listen. a long it's a long wait list. It's a process. Um, Patrick's doing everything we're he trying. can to. He's got to contact the owner like some somehow. He's <laughs> we're Matt Ishbia. Like where are you at? <laughs> as 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 always, as you know, there's already a bunch of different athletes that we you know have done deals with, and yeah. you know we have showings with others, and so again, it, somehow, yeah, a lot of times it connects, and all of a sudden something crazy falls into place where you know somebody buys a house from you, and you're like. By the way, I still need this. And like, oh, yeah, I can make that happen. Because that's the level of, you know, people that you start to be in. Again, that's where your clients make you, like, level up. And you, you know, talk to someone. And, and I mean, you've been to the game with us. Yeah. The seats we have now, the people that you, you run into, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a nice area. There's food, drinks, so people hang out. And, and there's different levels of that. And that's why we've been up there for two years now in that place and now we try to get you know more closer to courtside it's a different club area like yeah it's a great experience to see the game from up close and we've done it i think twice this year but again after you went to like five games courtside you're like it's cool right but it gets like it becomes a little bit more normal so that big like you know life-changing experience is the first couple of games but again it's the location where it's at and the the, the bar and the, the lounge area that's attached to it right now you're basically using the same tunnel as the players and you hang out in the back and you eat there and that's where the sponsors are, where part owners are, where everybody is. And now you get into a whole level, whole nother level of connections again. And that's where it's like, oh yeah, this guy, we sold him a house. Oh, you know that? Like, and all of a sudden becomes a really small circle on another level that you didn't even know that you're kind of somewhat connected to. And that's where you get new deals. And, 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 and what we do, one single deal can pay for that season ticket for five years. So again, it's 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 an investment, right? It's it's when we bought the first season tickets, we probably shouldn't have spent the money, right? I mean, but again, it 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 we were able to invite people, we ran into people, you know, other people invited us to others. It it's you can't really put a number on return on it, but 
I guarantee you that's going to take less than you know a year or two for getting a deal out of it, and then that's paying for you know everything. So, has like, it ever got you a client? Like you met a person there, they got you know, a person that's trying to sell a house. Has it ever ever worked that way? I, again, it's hard to like point at it, but yeah, for sure, it's where you take somebody, and then they're like, "Oh, my friend is here too. You got to meet him." And they're like, "Well, where do you sit? Oh, we're in the lounge level." And they're like, "Oh, we're over here." And so it's it's really hard to like specifically point at it, say, "Hey, this client came from this game." Yeah. But it's it's again, it's more the network, right? And then and then other clients they're like oh i saw you you know you were like it's just part of the perception it's part of the you know if you have clients and you know closing gift you want to take them to a game or something like it's something you kind of you don't have to do but if you want to keep leveling up you kind of do have to do it and i think that's something we've always done and again to max's point if we do something we do it right or not at all so when we got the tickets we said it has to be you know suite level it has to be parking in the arena like like you got to do it right like, does it cost twice as much? Sure, but you got to do it right. And now the two-year question trying to go to, you know, the next level is we would like to do it. It's just, you know, there's only so many seats courtside, so it's a little bit of a wait list, but um, we're trying to to make that wait a little bit shorter. Rip it up. Rip it up. <laughs> All right, guys. We're wrapping up our our podcast for today. Thank you to the guests. Patrick. <laughs> Patrick and Max. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for um, tuning in. Uh, we're looking forward to the next episode. We'll have a couple of cool guests lined up here. Um, and as always, don't forget to like, follow, comment on all the platforms. And until the next. And subscribe. And open. Oh, forgot. And thing. maybe put in the comments if there's anything specific you guys want to see or any specific topics yes. you want to hear about. So leave some comments if you have any wishes or needs. And uh, we'll make sure we get on it. Thanks for moderating, Alan. Appreciate it. Thanks, Alan. See ya.